Welcome back to the Baseball Blue Book Podcast. My name is Eric Wobinaw, the president of the Baseball Blue Book. Are you in the book? The most comprehensive directory since 1909 is now available for download on Google Play and Apple Store. You can also visit us at BaseballBlueBook.com for more information. So make sure you download it today. Costs nothing. It's great to build a profile, add highlights, add your stats for the summer season, uh, and search our comprehensive directory. Find the coach, the program that you are interested in. Before we begin, hit that like button, share, and subscribe. We want to make sure we reach other viewers just like you to get this out. Today's podcast is brought to you by Empowerment Sports Group, a full advisory and consulting firm with over 10 years of experience educating and helping athletes develop within baseball and life. ESG enables athletes to achieve achieve their version of success and positively impact their community. For more information, visit them at esgsportsgroup.com or on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Joseph Guzman and Michael McGinnis over there, great guys, helped a lot of players. I've had the privilege of having them on a couple of podcasts with their players. So we're excited to have them as a sponsor. Today's guest, we have Coach Jack Harlan from Millbrook School. He's the head coach. Hey, Jack, how are you? Doing well, Eric. Thanks for having me on. Hey, no problem. This is uh, looking forward to this. Uh, a little bit unique. Uh, uh, boarding school head coach. Uh, also, basically, you're living on campus, right? You're you're full time there. Yeah. yeah, coming straight from uh, my dorm apartment here. Yeah. So yeah, the beautiful thing about boarding schools, you know, you wear many hats. Uh, so on top of you know being the head baseball coach here, I teach history. Um, the dorm head in the dorm for 11th grade students. Um, I'm in charge of a, a Saturday program for for some of our students as well. Um, so, you know, wear a lot of different hats, but, you know, really excited to, to talk some baseball and, and be on this podcast. Hey, that's great. Well, we'll, we'll get, we'll get right, we'll, we'll get started right away. And a lot of things that we do on these podcasts is it's really the baseball journey. So why don't you go ahead and uh, start off by talking kind of the beginning of your journey and where it started when you really, you know, got the bug of, of baseball and, and we'll go from there. Yeah, I mean, as long as I can remember, baseball has always been, you know, the game for me, uh, the sport for me. Um, you know, I think my favorite story to tell anytime I talk about, you know, how I came to baseball is uh, my mom was dropping me off at daycare when I was three or four years old. Um, you know, I was, a, I was a pretty oversized kid. I'm six foot seven uh, and left handed. And, you know, that was pretty well known by both of my parents that I'd be a tall person and both left handed. Uh, at a young age, but, you know, my mom was dropping me off at school, and uh, I guess what I told her, I don't have any real memory of this, but, uh, you know, I told her I was born to play baseball. Um, you know, it was just a, a game that I loved from day one. Um, you know, it, every single day I'd get home from school, I uh, had a pitch back and a, a bucket of baseballs, and, uh, you know, would just throw pitch after pitch and try to hit that strike zone. Uh, you know, recreate, you know, some of the great pitchers that I got to see on the Red Sox and in my childhood, um, you know, and it was just nonstop, no matter what season it was, time of year it was, I was always just trying to get out there and, uh, you know, recreate games. I'd watch a Red Sox game on TV, go outside in the backyard, uh, you know, for wiffle ball bat and wiffle balls and, you know, try to recreate all the big plays from the game and do like my own highlight reel. Um, you know, so it was just a, a game I loved from the start and 
uh, you know, never stopped loving it and never stopped working with it. Now, was was one of those guys uh, Wakefield? Did you throw the knuckleball? <laughs> I had a I had a coach in Little League that tried to make me throw the knuckleball, um, and you know, my hands were always you know big enough for it. Um, but I never saw a purpose in it because in Little League it just felt like a, a slow, easy to hit pitch, and uh, at that distance it just kind of floats right over the strike zone. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, and as a ten-year-old, I was a little bit stronger than most kids my age and bigger, okay. so at the advantage of throwing a little bit harder. So typically, I just would let my uh, my two-seam fastball rip at that age. That's great. And coming from the left, coming as a left lefty, that that. Uh, a lot of kids don't see that very often uh, until they get to, to the to the higher levels. So you ha- definitely had an advantage. I'm a lefty, so I I, I understand okay. uh, the 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 benefit of of being that. Um, that's that's awesome. So uh, you, you, born to play. I like I like that. I, I was born to be a baseball player. Um, big tall kid, lefty. You couldn't have asked for better um, better traits than that. Well, talk about when you hit the the, the higher ages and in, in high school and, and kind of what what that did you do travel ball did you uh, were you kind of in that whole scene? Yep, yep. So I'd say you know when I was entering high school, uh, you know that was when travel ball was really starting to get big. You know the perfect game showcases, PBR showcases. As I was later in high school, you know really started to come to the scene, uh, and you started to see especially. Uh, in New England, more talent joined the travel ball scene uh, and not the uh, like the Legion ball scene. Right. Um, I'd say I was in like the final years of of Legion ball when I was in middle school. Um, yeah, so I played travel ball for a pretty small time local team that was run by my pitching coach, uh, Brad Miller, uh, who's the inventor of the pitcher's power drive. Um, you know, and he he gave me pitching lessons from age eleven all the way through the end of high school. Um, so I played for his team for two years, um, you know, really loved my experience. It was mostly local travel. Uh, and then as I got later into high school, uh, you know, and I saw that college baseball was going to be a legitimate possibility for me. Uh, I went for a bigger showcase style team with, uh, East Cobb, New England, oh, okay. uh, Rick's Gilbride. Um, you know, it was, it was a tough decision and a decision I think a lot about because, you know, I had to sacrifice playing the field, you know, and being able to be a part of every single game. Uh, you know, I was playing that smaller time travel ball to, you know, all of a sudden you're a PO, um, yep. you know, like playing one time a week. Um, you know, and I, I'm, you know, certainly I'm grateful for that experience with East Cobb, New England, but, uh, you know, if I were – in, in the same age and in those shoes again, uh, you know, I definitely would have maybe decided to, to keep playing first base, keep swinging the bat yeah. and, and playing the field too. Now that, 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 that is an interesting point because uh, it seems like kids these days have to make those decisions earlier and earlier, right? Um, you know, to go from kind of that kid that can be out there playing every day to, all right, are you ready to be a pitcher? Um, what, what are some of the things that you're, you do today with the kids that you have uh, that some of the experiences you had that you might have done something different? How, how, do, you, how do you relate that, those experiences to the kids that you have today? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, with our team, I and mean, we, we have a small roster here. Um, you know, Millbrook School is 330 students. It's co-ed, uh, which means, you know, there's 160, 170 boys uh, you know, we're losing 60 of those to lacrosse every year and another 20 or so to track and field. So, uh, you know, at that point, 
for depth, right? Uh, like our pitchers are going to have to hit. Our pitchers are going to have to play the field. Um, you know, and from a skill development standpoint, um, you know, when I'm recruiting kids, and I think that's the beautiful thing about private schools and boarding schools, is they actually have the opportunity to to do some recruiting and you know actually get to choose the players that you want to bring into your program. You know, I'm looking for kids that you know while they might be POs in the summer, you know, still want to hit, still want to play the field, uh, you know, and compete in that way. And honestly, I mean. I feel like that's what college programs want to see, right? right? Especially when you're playing for your high school team, you want to see your player, you know, out there competing as much as they can. Obviously, still keeping in mind, you know, arm safety and health. But, right. um, you know, I think from a competitive standpoint, uh, you know, I try to preach to my players, you know, play the game, right? Have fun with it. Um, you know, high school ball is, you know, you know, it's my job, and you know, I want us to win every game. But at the end of the day. You know, you're not going to remember the the wins and losses at the high school level. You're going to remember, you know, what it was like to be out there competing, yep. uh, you know, to be out there with your teammates. Um, you know, and that's why I encourage to, to my players the most. You, you mentioned have fun with it. Uh, that that sounds a little bit of like the the guy that you and I both know, uh, Walter Beatty. He he, yep. he talks about having fun and getting these kids to to have fun again. Um, it sounds like you are able to do that at, at the level that you're at, but you also have kind of that, like you said, you're able to recruit, bring in the players that you, that, that, uh, that you really want kind of diff, you know, look, look at what you've, what your life was like and, and the decisions that you made coming from, you know, the Legion ball to the travel kind of at that transition um, to what the kids are doing today. Uh, how do you balance and what, what is, what is your message to these, these kids about having fun and, and in, in practical sense, rather than just saying, Hey, make sure you're having fun. What, what do you do and how, what's the message that you have? Yeah. I mean, I'd say my message in terms of having fun, right. Is to remember that it's a game. Um, you know, and I think looking back at some of my favorite coaches coming up, uh, Len Selesky was, uh, you know, someone that gave me some pitching lessons uh, later in my life also worked with Walt's son, Tyler, uh, for a long time. Uh, but, you know, he said, you know, anytime the game gets hard, and no matter what, this game is going to get hard for kids and you're going to lose that sense of fun. Yeah. Um, you know, think about the times playing wiffle ball in the backyard when you were seven years old, right? Think about those times, you know, playing Little League where, you know, it didn't matter, you know, whether you got a hit or not. It was just out there being fun, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and I'd say when I'm in practice, right, I try to, obviously, like, we get to work, you know, I try to create and um, recreate sort of what I went through at the college level and prepare my, my players for that college level. But at the same time, uh, you know, it's important to, to keep in mind that, you know, you should be having fun while you're doing it. Um, Absolutely. You know, it, one of the things I think Walter and I talked about, and there's another person that I, that, uh, that I hang out with as, as well, but he always says that uh, what, what should happen is these players, we should be able to, we should throw them out with no umps, no adults and see what they can do. And, you know, I, I, I look back at my days when I was younger, my responsibility as one of the older kids in my neighborhood is I had to round up enough players to, to put a baseball team, two baseball teams together and just play out in the back, you know, in the back field. And uh, the fun that you had, the responsibility that you had, you had to call your own balls and strikes, you had to call your outs. It's something that, you know, kids are always today, it seems like they're just waiting for someone else to tell them what to do. And, and baseball, 
is there's a lot of reaction. There's a lot of thinking. Um, and if you're always being told what to do, uh, it's tough for them to understand the game inside the game. Uh, what is some of the thought, the things that you do in your practice that really help these players become more knowledgeable of the game rather than just, you know, from a skill perspective? Yeah. Um, I mean, from the mental standpoint of the game, right? I mean, I think uh, with my experience, I mean, I, I essentially thought my way out of, of D1 baseball um, to the point that I had to transfer, um, right? And uh, I do a ton of work on mental game work, right? Whether it's pulling from the mental ABCs of pitching by uh, Dr. Dorfman or um, the heart of a competitor, right? Yeah. Like that whole spectrum uh, of, of different elements of, you know, how to, how to be out there and just compete and let yourself be present in that moment. Right. Uh, we do a lot of mindfulness work. I, I dedicate pretty much every Thursday practice. Uh, I set 30 minutes aside where we're just in a classroom, not even on the field yet. Um, we'll do a meditation uh, we'll do a, a group reading, some team building, um, you know, and really instead of having to think about, you know, what you're going to do on a certain play, I'd rather just have you out there, you know, and have that confidence, have that sense of presence uh, to be able to just go out there and feel like you can execute um, without having to think, oh, like, you know, if I get a backhand ground ball, should I go to second or should I go to first with it, um, you know, or... You know, if you're on the mound, right, thinking about how many times you have to look back to second base. Right. Uh, you know, I'd rather create a create a sense for the kids and give the, the kids a, a sense of mental skills, right, where they can, you know, get past that level of thought, get past that level of uh, what do I need to do here to where they can just do, right, yeah. and just sort of be in that moment. Uh, a lot of, you know, obviously you're an educator first and then uh, a baseball coach second, I would imagine. That's typically yep. what you guys um, are, and that's, that's, that's great. You're, you're raising men. Um, what, what, are, what are some of the things that you like that you're seeing with the players that you've had or you have that, uh, that have taken what you're, you're teaching them, you know, on the field and off the field uh, to prepare them for, for life long term? Yeah, so, I mean, something we worked on a lot last year was approach at the plate, um, right? And knowing what counts were, you know, good for you and, uh, you know, what pitches you should be looking for in certain counts, right? And, uh, you know, teaching hitting approach, um, you know, definitely pulled a lot of uh, resources and material from uh, Brett Beretti at Columbia okay. uh, and, and pulled a lot from my experience playing in his program, Um you know, and I think I really saw our hitters take that to heart, um, you know, and really start to be selective with, you know, what they were doing in OO counts versus 2 right. counts, uh, what their swings were looking like. Um, you know, and I saw it both on the field in terms of performance, but also, you know, looking at our metrics, looking at our data, um, you know, we had improved batting averages and two strike counts we had. Um, you know, more extra base hits and advantage counts. Um, you know, so I think incorporating that work, both from a, a mental skill standpoint, right, going through those handouts, um, right, talking about what pitches we're looking for in certain counts, what we're looking to do with that pitch, uh, but also, you know, executing that in batting practice, right, giving them situations in BP where it's like, all right, this is a 2-0 count round. Right. Um, 
you know, give me your 2-0 count swings. And if it's not your 2-0 pitch, don't be swinging yep. at it. Um, you know, preaching all those things uh, and, you know, giving them multiple places in practice, right, to the point that it's second nature to them when it's in game, that they don't even have to think about what pitch they want to swing at on 2-0. They just know they're looking for that one pitch instinctively, um, you know, is the point that I'm trying to get all of my players to. And I thought, um, you know, Chris Diaz, Eric's, or uh, Eli Stowe, you know, two of our bigger players from last season, um, you know, saw some really increased numbers. Our catcher, Pat Costin, as well, um, you know, really did a great job buying into that and setting the example for our younger players. That's great. That's great. What, what, are, what are some of the things, I mean, you're, you're still pretty young, what, what, uh, but a lot has changed over the last, you know, number of years from, from when, uh, when you were in their position. What are some of the biggest differences between uh, what you went through or what you learned versus what you're, you're teaching today and what the kids are going through? Yeah, um, I think today, right, there's so much more talk about launch angles, so much more talk about spin rate, um, you know, so much more talk about all these different metrics, all these different numbers. Uh, you know, and I think that's really helpful data, especially for, you know, the best of the best players, right? And I think, yes, while that data is great, I also think it can be overwhelming, especially for, you know, a 13 or 14-year-old that, you know, shouldn't be worrying about his spin rate just yet, right? It should be more of a mechanics focus. It should be more focus on, you know, developing strength, developing uh, a good arm care routine, a good throwing program. Um, you know, and I'd say my concern with some of my younger players, uh, especially as they come in here, right, they're telling me about, like, what their launch angles and exit duos were uh, and their BP rounds over the summer, yeah. right? Um, and I... Those numbers are great, and you know I think it's great for the college game. It's great for the program. Um, you know, it's certainly good tools to to have in the recruiting process as well. Right. You know, obviously, if you have a, a high exit velo, share that with with college coaches around the country. But uh, you know, I think that can also be overwhelming for kids too. And I think you know when you start thinking about what your launch angle is, or you know what the spin rate uh, you know is on your fastball. Um, you know, that's not what you should be thinking about when you should just be out there competing. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I saw a few of our players last year, uh, you know, really struggle early on in the year because they thought that something was off in their mechanics, something was off with, uh, you know, their hip action. Uh, and I was like, you know, it's, it's not so much what you're doing with, with your hands here, you know, your hips necessarily, uh, you know, and keeping adjustments simple, um, yeah. I think is key especially in coaching and teaching. I think Tom House says it really well uh, on his Twitter page that all coaches should have Twitter because they should learn how to, you know, be concise with their messages, yeah. right? Be simple with their instructions. That's, that's a great, that's a great point. So especially the game of baseball is, is most of it's in, you know, in between your, your ears. Um, and when you add more mechanics or not mechanics, but you, you, you add more metrics, you add more, more things for them to worry about, it, it can get it can get in, in the way. Um, I, I've heard a number of people talk about the metrics as a way of of confirming rather than using it as as kind of the, the the measure, right? You're great. Here's why, or here's where you need to work on, and look at the metrics actually confirm kind of the things that we already know. You know, good hitters. You don't need to look at their 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 um 
you, you know you don't you don't need to look at the numbers to know if they're a good hitter you can just you can see that they're a good hitter so um but it's it, it's a balance right it's there's a lot of good uh from it and then there's also a lot of things that 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 could add to the to the struggles that kids do have, right? You're, you're measuring things that they may not need to measure at this particular time. I, I like what you said, something that that's great for, for where, where you're going, but maybe not where uh, 13, 14 year old kids. So um, you talked, you talked before we, we got on, uh, you, you met, mentioned uh, some injuries from, from, uh, from your time when you were playing uh, briefly talk about the injury and uh, what you're doing today in in helping some of the kids that you're working with today maybe to uh to handle maybe injuries in in a different way or or maybe even take care of themselves a little bit better with 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 the new technologies and things that we've got today that might might have um prevented some of those things yeah absolutely um yeah so i was uh heading into my senior year of high school it was over the summer had just finished my junior season um, you know, and had a, a really successful junior year. My, my velocity had uh, jumped up sig significantly from my sophomore baseball season in high school. Um, and I pitched, I think, three or four times in a five-day period uh, and ended up with micro tears in my bicep, um, you know, and tried to rehab it in like a two-week period, um, you know, but came back and I just wasn't quite ready for it. Um, you know, it was a time where I'd, I'd had a few offers on the table uh, for some schools, but, uh, you know, I had, had some other schools that were certainly expressing interest in me that I wanted to pitch in front of. And I knew, you know, if I were going to miss that whole summer, uh, you know, those opportunities were likely to slip away. Uh, you know, so I rushed back into it, um, you know, definitely too soon before my arm was ready. Um, you know, and ended up uh, hurting my bicep even more uh, to the point that then I had to miss some of my senior basketball season, had to spend my whole fall rehabbing it. Uh, you know, fortunately, I was able to be back and healthy for my senior baseball season and, uh, you know, pitch for that. But, um, you know, I think, you know, knowing your body and also knowing that at the high school level, right, you don't need to be a hero. You don't need to play hero ball, even for your travel team, right? I mean, I think uh, what did me in was I had pitched uh, Wednesday. Uh, my, my high school team, my junior year, had made it to our uh, league finals. Um, I pitched in that game, uh, came back Saturday, had a tryout for the area code team uh, for that year, uh, pitched well on that. My velo was, you know, as high as I've ever been. Um, you know, and I got a call back for the next tryout Wednesday. Uh, that Monday, um, you know, we were in a tournament for my travel team, uh, East Cobb, um, New England. Uh, you know, and I pitched in a Monday game through, you know, three or four innings, kept my pitch count below 50 because my coach knew I had to go again on Wednesday. Right. Um, right. But, you know, by the time I got to Wednesday, my body was tired. It was the middle of June and, you know, 98 degrees yeah. out and, um, you know, I was trying to, to throw hard to impress college and pro scouts and, uh, something popped in, in my bicep and, um, you know, just pretty much did me in. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I, I rehabbed it. I got back to being healthy, but, um, you know, rushing through that, right. And pitching that many times and, 
uh, at high intent, right, in a one-week period. Um, you know, I think I shouldn't have pitched that Monday game, um, most likely, you know, looking back at it. But I also wanted to help out my, my travel yep. team. And, um, you know, I think knowing that I didn't need to be the hero in that situation uh, and also being smart of, you know, when to pitch and also communicating, right, and being open about, you know, how your body's right. feeling, how your arm right. is feeling. Um, you know, I try to share those those stories, those moments with, uh, you know, all my players. And, you know, I try to be pretty open with, you know, my own experiences and my own history. Right. I mean, I've, I've been through all the struggles that that one can be through in this game as a as a pitcher, yeah. at least, uh, um, you know, and I think using those stories, using those anecdotes is, is lessons. Yep. Right. Yep. Um, in terms of knowing your body in terms of communicating. Um, and also understanding, right, that it's it's still just high school ball. Um, you know, it's 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 great having guys like you that are kind of going into the next level of the coaching and bringing some of those experiences. Because if you think about it, just like we can go back 50, 60 years. You know, they used to think that drinking water at practice was the showed that you weren't you know weren't a man enough. Right? Made no sense because nobody understood it. So as people understood and learned and more knowledge about, about taking care of your body. It's one of the things I think has changed more than anything else in the game is really the understanding of our, our, of our body and taking care of it. Uh, but also the technology, if you leverage the technology, you may not have to throw every other day to, to, to scouts and to, to, to coaches because they've already seen it or they could see it in different ways. And so I think, the more we, the, we, we embrace technology, we, we embrace, you know, the things that we, to taking care of your body, it's, it's great to have people in there that are helping these kids because I think human nature is proof, proving yourself, constantly pushing it out, you know, doing things. Like you said, it's just a high school game. Um, but they think, as a high school player, thinks that may be their only chance. And so they're, they're, they need people in, in their life that can really help guide them to say, it's, it's, it's going to be fine. We're going to help you out. We're going to find you a place. So I think it's great when people like yourself with those experiences can, can bring that to the, to the game and, and help kids understand. So you mentioned three players, I think, two, two players and a catcher, uh, kind of top guys in your program. Yep. Spend a little bit, just a few minutes, uh, kind of talking about them and and what what they're what they're looking to do and and uh, some opportunities that maybe they they have right now. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, so Eli Stowe was our ace last season. Um, he won our you know in our league conference the WNEPBL, uh, which is a mouthful to say, but you know one of the more competitive yep. uh, prep conferences in the Northeast. Uh, mm-hmm. He won Co Pitcher of the Year. Uh, for that conference, he's going off to Maryland. He's at Maryland right now. Awesome. Uh, graduated last year. Um, you know, super talented kid. Incredible story. Uh, you know, lost his dad suddenly. Um, you know, heading into his junior high school season. Uh, you know, had been the the person who had introduced him to baseball and, yeah. and coached him through. It's tough. Uh, you know, and persevered, and uh, you know, was a was a pro pop prospect, and you know had really good odds of being drafted this past summer. Um, you know, clubs passed up on him, but, um, you know, he's going to, he's going to have the opportunity to get his name called, I believe, awesome. you know, after his three years in Maryland and is certainly going to be a, a name to watch with the stuff that he has. Okay, cool. Uh, incredible young man. Uh, Chris Diaz is a, a rising senior is a senior currently, which started our second day of classes. 
um, here at Millbrook. Uh, he is an outfielder. He's committed to Tulane. Oh, awesome. Um, yeah, had a great summer, competed in the East Coast Pro Showcase, competed out at the Area Code Games uh, for, for the Northeast teams out there. Uh, you know, really talented young man in so many different facets. And I think what I love about Millbrook, right, uh, we were talking about this a little bit earlier, right, like you don't just have to focus on baseball, right? He's a, he's a prefect here. He's a high honor roll student, um, you know, just a, a really talented young man in, in so many different ways and a leader in every sense of the word. Uh, and he hit 415 with six home runs and wow. uh, 14 stolen bases last year. So it was a, a heck of an athlete. Uh, on top of it, also competes for our varsity basketball program. Oh, great. That's great. Uh, and we have a, a really talented catcher, too, Pat Costin. Um, hasn't committed yet, but has a few offers on the table. Um, you know, really, really strong, uh, athletic kid. Comes from a family of catchers. Uh, you know, has great feel for the game. Uh, he was a first-team uh, all-conference player for us last year. Uh, also hit about 400 from the left side as a catcher with five or six knocks. Nice. Um, led the team in RBIs by, I think, 10 or so, too. Um, so just a really talented ball player. And, um, you know, he's, he's still fine in the classroom ways a bit, but he's, uh, he's, a, he's a great young man great. Uh, and he'll be a co-captain for us this year. Awesome. Uh, and then we have a few new recruits, too. Uh, Pedro Leon. Uh, who's reclassifying as a, a 2024 uh, for us. I think he's going to be a huge impact player for us. Um, Mike Ciano is a, a senior player. Uh, had a good year for us last year as our shortstop. Um, you know, and I'm excited to see how he's developed. Uh, and, you know, we're fortunate that he's brought his younger brother along with him, Alex. Um, great. You know, so. Uh, and then we have another 2026 Justin Munoz uh, from New Jersey. Uh, grew up in the Dominican Republic, uh, fantastic young man. Uh, so, you know, really excited for, you know, the stock of, of players that we yeah, have. Yeah, that's and, great. That's great. No, we, I, I actually, I actually interviewed uh, one of the kids, uh, uh, Charlie, Charlie Buckles. He just, he's a, he's a commit to, to Tulane. Um, great program down there. And uh, I would love to, if, if there's one of these guys that uh, maybe has not committed, that would be interested in doing one of my player five cues, that would be, That'd be great. I'd love to. I'd love to have them on. Um, take 15 minutes of their time and be able to answer a few questions. And and uh, we get some pretty good uh, traction with it. A couple hundred views and and uh, some some good good people to to actually you know just to see them outside of the baseball realm and and uh, how they can you know conduct themselves. I'm sure they do a great job. Yeah, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Would be happy to to send some of the the contact yeah. info for some of the. Along. No, yeah. that'd be great. Well, hey, um, I, good time to, to wrap up here, Coach. Uh, if there's any shout-outs that you might want to might want to make, uh, people that've been uh, impact on on your career uh, and and others, you've mentioned a whole lot of great people uh, during the during this podcast, and I appreciate that. But anybody specifically that you might want to do a shout-out? Yeah, I mean, I'd love to shout out both my parents. Uh, you know, it starts with them. Yep. My dad was a college football coach for 20 years. My mom was a, a college lacrosse coach. You know, I think coaching's my favorite thing that I do here at Millbrook, even though, you know, teaching is the priority and educating is what comes first. Yep. Um, you know, and I, I get it from them and, uh, you know, learned how to be a coach from them. Uh, you know, I'd love to give a shout out to my college coaches that helped me through the way too. Uh, you know, Brett Beretti and, 
uh, you know, Coach Pine too, uh, at Amherst College. You know, Coach Pine is you know such a huge part of my life, and uh, you know, really appreciate him for for giving me the chance to continue my baseball career. And I uh, wouldn't be here today without him. Um, but really appreciative of all those. That's folks. great. Well, now you're part of the the fraternity of coaches, and and uh, it's a different a different world up at the uh, up here of of kind of seeing the ins and the outs and. It's, it's, it's really awesome looking back at your college coaches, your high school coaches, and the respect goes up immensely once you're done. Uh, and I think that that's, that's something just to be said of, of the, the time and, and the commitment that these guys make. And, and we appreciate what you, what you do and the, and the players that you have and, and uh, continue to do it. We're excited to watch your program. Uh, it sounds like it's a, you got some really good guys uh, looking to have a, a great year and, and, um, yeah, we really appreciate it, Coach. Thank you. Oh, thank you, Eric. All right. Thanks for watching, guys. Make sure you like, comment, and share this video. And please subscribe to the Baseball Blue Book Podcast for additional uh, videos and uh, new episodes coming your way uh, every week. Thanks.